Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 386, I am bringing on the show Lindsay Wheeler. I got a knock on the door and one of the moms looked at me and said, hey, I just wanted you to know, like, we're not going anywhere. And I just bawled, like for someone to show up and say, I see you, your grief and pain isn't too big for me. Like, I'm going to sit with you in it was like, gosh, the most beautiful thing ever. I'm thrilled to get to share Lindsay with you today because there was an obstacle in even getting this episode recorded. We have been wanting to do this for a long time. And so the fact that we pushed through and as I was hearing Lindsay share her story, I thought of so many moms who reach out to me and you are feeling exactly like Lindsay describes. You are isolated, whether it's because of physical chronic illness, whether it is because of a child who is having severe behavioral challenges, whatever it is, you are in this place of truly believing and feeling and honestly are isolated from others. And so I want to offer you the hope of knowing you are not the only one. And Lindsay brings that today. She also is going to connect us with a great resource that God has brought into her life as a ministry she does called Bottle of Tears. And it is a gift you can give. She also wrote a book, Sacred Tears. So many amazing resources for those who are grieving or in seasons of suffering, hard circumstances, long seasons of waiting. Um, Wherever you are, I know that you're going to find comfort through Lindsay's story, and I can't wait. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Lindsay, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Hi, Heather. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, man. And scared. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, it's a long time coming. We Mm. travel and we have a lot of common friends and I have been following along your journey and praying for you and with you. And I know it has been a long road of mothering for you and a lot of grief and hard. And Mm -hmm. so I'm honored that you're going to share some of that today. And really, like we said, help. There are a lot of moms in similar places right now feeling very lonely in their hard and their hard parenting. And so tell us a little bit about your journey. Like I know you've started a ministry bottle of tears that a lot of people associate with take us back there. How did that get started and where did that come from? Okay. Well, first I want to say, like, I feel like I need to confess, like (laughs) even to the, to everyone that's listening that I battled even coming on here today because it's been such a traumatic and hard few weeks um, slash 15 years. But, you know, everything in me was going, Lindsay, like you don't have anything to share. Like you are, you are so deep in grief. How can you offer hope to these moms? And I felt like the Lord was like, Hey, Lindsay, like that's exactly why I chose you to do this. So last night I was like, okay, I'm doing this. Like, okay, God, if I'm doing this, you have to meet me there, please. And just be my words, give me a clear head because my head is not, it's not clear right now. So I'm just excited to be here, but I think that's where I can battle going. Wow. It's called the Don't Mom Alone podcast. And my life is filled with a lot of aloneness. Yeah. And so yeah. excited to share with y'all. Well, it, it, it reminds all of us, we don't show up when everything's tied up with a bow in our friendships and our mom journeys. Like it was the bottom of the bottom for me in my parenting journey that I was like, okay, <laughs> I need to tell people that I'm struggling in this and that this is hard in my parenting because me trying to keep the mask up and, uh-uh. and of course, it's with, yeah, with safe people, this is, this is the only way through. And so thank you for pushing through those moments of fear and insecurity. I mean, that's what I call it for myself, but I don't know if you felt that it's just like, who am I? What do I have to offer? And God's like, you do your part, you show up and I'll do my part, which is to show who I am in the midst. So thank you. Totally. Well, I think, you know, my husband and I, 
I have the best husband in the whole world. He is God's greatest kindness on this journey. And it is something that like, I don't take for granted that he's my best friend. Well, we, you know, 15 years ago, we fell in love with the country of Guatemala and I always had begged God, please, Lord, let my husband have the same heart for Guatemala as me. And God, would you allow me to adopt a child from there? I'd worked at different children's homes over the years there and just um, love the people and culture and just felt so drawn. And so my husband and I, you know, fast forward, get to choose adoption as our first choice. And I know that's not always the case. But for us, we felt really strongly like the Lord was like, this is what I'm calling you to do. And so we started the adoption of our daughter, who is now Eliana Hope Wheeler. And we call her Eliana, the one and only, because she's our one and only child. And she's definitely the one and only of her. But we started the adoption. And over the next couple of years, we bring her home when she was 16 months. I lived with her in Guatemala for four months before we brought her home. And immediately, um, I knew something is really off here. And my precious baby, like there is something not clicking. I watched all these other moms putting their babies to bed at 7 and 8 p.m. And they're taking naps and they're going to sleep. And, and my sweet baby slept a couple hours a day total. And you know, I'm a first time mom in a third world country and I'm going, oh no, God, what have we gotten ourselves into? I don't know how to do this, Lord. We bring her to the States and um, Chris and I, y'all, we love her with everything we've got. And so I need you to know this, even in the midst of all this grief, she is just the biggest blessing to us. I would not be who I am today without her, even in the pain and the hard. But for from about you know 12 months old to eight years old, Eliana slept two to three hours a night total, no naps. And we went to doctor after doctor. At that point, we lived in Franklin, Tennessee, outside of Nashville. And so we had really great doctors. Like we were near Vanderbilt and, and I remember them doing sleep studies and going, wow, like, um, this child is a medical mystery. Like they could not figure out, I mean, they had her on adult doses of Ambien Heather and she mm-hmm. powered through that. Her hypervigilance was like beyond anything they've ever seen. So for those first eight years, like I look back and people are like, how did y'all survive? Um, And it was truly new mercies every day. We joked and said, God gave us spiritual amnesia. Like we forget how bad the night was the night before. And we wake up and go, okay, like we're going to do this again. And then the spiritual amnesia would hit again. And that was God's truly, again, his kindness to us because it was so bad. Chris would drive her. She loves riding in a car has always. And so he would drive her for three or four hours a night around Franklin every night and just put on her music. And we would beg God, please let her rest. So in the midst of all that, I mean, so much, yes, so much is happening. And I feel my body getting very, very sick. And I remember going to doctors and saying like, here's all my symptoms. My child's not sleeping. And they looked at me and they're like, you're a new mom. Like you're just, you're just depressed or you're just really tired. And I remember bawling Heather and saying like, I feel like I'm dying and no one's listening to me. And finally I had a doctor that said, well, your symptoms actually sound like Lyme disease. Hmm. And so they um, tested me and I was off the charts for Lyme disease. And so here I am with this precious child who is raging for three to four hours a day on top of not sleeping. And Chris and I are holding on to every little bit of thread of hope that we could cling on to. And then I'm diagnosed with this chronic disease and I'm like, God, where are you? Like, where are you? This is not at all how I pictured my life to go. I am picturing that 
mom and I'm imagining she's listening right now. There's another mm-hmm. mom in that exact spot. She is physically has an autoimmune situation going on. She has a child raging. She has all of that. And I'm imagining, like you said, this is lonely. How do you, you can't go to play groups. Mm -mm. You can't go to church. Sometimes I'm Mm -mm. guessing you can't never, never. We can't, we can't, we can't even go to target at that point. We can't go to the grocery store. I mean, we are fully homebound. So how are you finding community and how are, like you said, God would provide this spiritual amnesia, but I'm thinking a little more than that's maybe needed <laughs> yes, situation. Totally. Yeah. So what did you do? You know, it was Chris and I, I mean, we even had, we had some great neighbors, but we had some really not great neighbors that would like, honestly, sometimes hide their kids or not want to be around us. Like we were a lot. I mean, we still are a lot. Um, and that's a hard place to be because it's out of our control. I remember Chris back in those days, Chris, Chris and I have are two people that like, we love people. Like my husband is hilarious. I mean, he is full of life and joy. And I mean, I wouldn't say I'm hilarious, but I'm, (laughs) I'm fun too. (laughs) You you want to be amongst the people. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I always was that person that had like a thousand best friends because that's Mm. just been my life and college. And after college, I, I love people. I love one-on-ones and it felt like in an instant, all of that was stripped from us, all of our community. Chris was working at a church. He was a youth pastor during all of this mess. And so, you know, you're in a ministry position and you feel more alone than you've ever been in your life because people don't know how to show up for you in the long suffering. It's like, is she still not okay? Are Mm. you still sick? Like, are you there? There's this part of grief that I believe even in the church, the concept of long suffering, there's a lot of work to be done there, you know, but I would say every night, Chris and I prayed together every single night, no fail. And he would pray, God, bring Lindsay and I one friend that gets Mm. it just one It's gift giving season. And I have a great idea for you. It's Rothy's. You may have heard of them and you are thinking, yes, I've always wanted a pair of Rothy's. Well, don't you feel like the loved one in your life will feel the same way? They have men's and women's shoes. I am currently wearing my favorite sneakers from them because they're comfortable, they're durable, they're stylish, and they're sustainably made with this Rothy's signature thread that's repurposed from single-use plastic bottles. Win, 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 win in your gift giving. They're going to be so thrilled when they see whether you get them the point or the flat or sneakers like I'm wearing or their brand new slipper that looks so cozy for when your day is officially over. They're made from merino wool. Amazing. So get stylish shoes, versatile and durable enough to wear all the time. With Rothy's, get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash DMA. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash DMA. And we prayed that for years. And then when Eliana was about nine, we ended up moving to another subdivision in Franklin and we were surrounded by just the most incredible team of friends ever. And, you know, some were Christians, some weren't Christians, but that overall they said, we're not going anywhere. Mm. I'll never forget. Eliana had just a huge rage in front of all the kids, all the parents. This was like the first weekend we moved in. And in my head, I'm going, there there we go. (laughs) Like, okay. Like, Welcome to the neighborhood wheelers. Like this is what you're going to get. And I got a knock on the door and one of the moms looked at me and said, Hey, I just wanted you to know, like, we're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I just bawled like for someone to show up and say, I see you, your grief and pain isn't too big for me. Like I'm going to sit with you in it was like, 
gosh, the most beautiful thing ever. And so living with them in that area, we got to live there for about four years. And so that was the first look at like what community could look like in the midst of this. Now it's still hard. I mean, today it is hard. We ended up moving to Fayetteville, Arkansas to be closer to family and friends. And that has been so sweet. And the pain and grief is still super lonely. So it is, it's a choice every day, I would say, for us to choose joy, to give people grace because they don't understand our circumstances, the same as I don't understand someone in a completely different circumstance. So giving people grace too, that they're not out to get us, like they just don't know how to love us well. And and there's a, a sweetness in being able to like really talk openly about it with people and say, this is what we need in the middle of all of the pain. And I love that in the midst of that, you're like, you know what? There are other people out here who need to be reminded that they're seen and known and their grief isn't too much and their pain isn't too much to God. So tell us about how you started the bottle of tears. Yeah. So this was back when she was still in her, like not sleeping stage. And One of my best friends growing up, Brooke, her older sister is Jenny Allen, who does If Gathering. And so Brooke and I had planned on being at the first If Gathering. It was going to be like just this celebration. I was going to get to be out of the house, which was going to be huge, (laughs) like that that I was going to get to breathe for the first time in like seven years. And truly, it was just the the worst week ever. I was bed bound from the Lyme disease. I had to call and say, I can't go. I was devastated, Heather. I thought you've got to be kidding me, God. Like I can't even get a weekend away. And I was sobbing to Chris and going like, I feel like my life is completely over. Like it's over. Like Jesus, would you please just come back now? Like, I cannot do this. Like I truly, Heather, I would pray at night, God, just come or just take me in my sleep. Like just a beautiful thing. Like I was in a dark, dark spot dealing with depression and just what, what do you want from me, Lord? And I remember Chris said, Hey, why don't you try to watch the if gathering from your bed? And I was like, no, I'm mad. (laughs) I don't want to do that. Um, but I did. And at one point, Jenny, like was truly, I felt like she was looking at the screen at me and she said, have you disqualified yourself from the race? And I just broke out bawling. And I thought that's me. Like I have pretty much said like, I'm out, like I'm done. I can't do this. This isn't what I planned it planned for my life. Like I thought I was going to be leading things like Jenny, you know, or whatever. Like I, that was the trajectory that I wanted for my life or that I thought was going to be what God wanted for me. And she said, get back in the race. And so I laid in the bed, I'm bawling. And with the few words I had to the Lord, I was like, God, what, what does that mean for me? When I am homebound, I cannot take my daughter anywhere. I am sick. I can barely go from the couch to the bed. I mean, that's, so literally I was parenting her on the bed, on the couch. Like I'd get on the floor because I was in so much pain at that point. And I remember like in an instant, I had just this vision of antique bottles. I've always loved antique bottles. Um, I just love how they're all so different and they're from, they're beautiful. And I, I even like the cracks and the dirtiness of them. Um, and then I love the verse Psalm 56, eight, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle and you've recorded each one in your book. And I thought, wait, I could send help bottles to people with that scripture verse inside and just send them from my house. And maybe I could help someone not feel alone in their grief. Like I, like I'm feeling, and I just, I was so desperate for no one to have to feel what I was feeling. And I felt like God was like, Hey, you could do this. So I screamed out to Chris. I'm like, Chris, I'm going to start a small business. And you know, him being like the sweetest, he was like, Okay. I'm sure in his mind, he's like, Lindsay, (laughs) you are barely surviving right now. But no, like the next day he went and bought me a toolkit from 
Home Depot and like filled it with all this like tape and he didn't know what I needed. I didn't know what I needed. <laughs> you know, I went on Etsy. I bought a $5 logo. I went on Instagram. I did the bottle of tears and, and I wrote, I'm going to start this business. in I think I said 10 days or 14 days. I wrote it on Instagram, Heather, I didn't have a bottle. I'm not business savvy. I'm a two on the Enneagram. I like, I, I had nothing. I had nothing. And for some reason, Again, I don't know if it's the spiritual amnesia or the me thinking, well, God's going to just show up. And he did. And it has been just the sweetest journey. Um, I look back at um, my bottles and all of my branding from back on that beginning thing. And I laugh so hard. Like the tags for the bottles were the size of the bottles, which just makes me laugh. <laughs> I'm like, ah. but my friend Jen always says, you go ugly early. And I think I was at this point where I was like, I'm so desperate, Lord, to um, be able to use this pain and grief for good. And God, would you please show up and help me meet people where they're at? And so it's been eight years of bottle of tears and and I'm doing it in the margins of me feeling good and my daughter being okay. So I am not a savvy business owner. I do everything truly the opposite way of what they would tell a small business owner to do. And guess what? That doesn't matter because God is doing what he wants to do. And my prayer always is, Lord, just allow these boxes of the gift, whatever the gift is the person has bought, allow it to arrive on their doorstep the day they are desperate for hope. And I get to pray over each order as I'm sending it out. And for these stories that like are sacred to me and it kind of, there was a quick realization that, Oh, wow, Lindsay, like you're not alone in your grief. There everywhere, like every person around you is dealing with some form of pain or grief or loss. Mm -hmm. And it was sweet to like, finally go outside of my own pain and suffering and go, okay, like we're in this together. It may look totally different. But like we all have stuff to offer each other as the body of Christ. And I've always said the reason I love that it was through the mail is because I said mail is gold when you are suffering, mm -hmm. because it's like someone is saying, I see you. I remember you. Your pain's not forgotten. I It's just gold. So that is the beginning of Bottle of Tears. And it's been a it. yeah. Sweet journey. I love it. So my next book that's coming out in April yeah. is called Right Where You Belong. Mm, and it's yeah. about identifying and fully occupying your God-given mm. space. And that may be a place of suffering. Mm. And so I really just love how you're like, I'm on this bed, I'm on this couch, I have a raging child, but I know pain and yeah. I know hope. And yeah. it comes from the one who sees that pain Yes. And I can offer that through the mail. I mean, I just love that you were like, mm. and I'm, not, I don't have a business plan. And God's like, no, I didn't no. come up with business plans. Like read through the no. Bible. There is no consistent totally. formula or plan that he uses. It is unique to every scenario, yes. but it is usually the weak who mm -hmm. are the ones that are his messengers. I, I was, yeah. I'm doing this Bible study and the teacher Paige Brown pointed out that in the story, um, with Naaman, you know, and he has leprosy. Yes, yes. And his yes. healing comes from the servant girl who was, you know, taken captive and from Elisha's servant, not from the kings that Naaman reached out to. Mm, it wasn't mm. the kings. It wasn't their power. It wasn't their position. Yes. It was God's presence and God's, they, they knew more than the kings, these servants. And so I just think That's so beautiful. often we do want those positions of power and authority and place of like, I want to be on that stage. I want to be leading that ministry. And and God does put people in those places. I fully believe God placed totally. Jenny in oh. that position for his good. But There's I also no know he, yeah. he placed you on that couch, on that bed yeah. for his good. I mean, I don't, not that he is the cause of your suffering. I'm saying yeah. he is not surprised. And oh my totally. gosh, well, there go all my plans for Lindsay. I was hoping <laughs> yeah. she'd do this big thing. And now uh -huh. Lyme disease. She's done. And, yeah. She's I mean, done. I just, if we could surrender some of that and trust in his bigger purposes and plans, but lean into it. I love that you're like, 
I'm going to take this pain and it will have purpose. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic. Since high school, I have dealt with the challenge of acne prone skin. Even as an adult, a 45 year old, it has been a challenge. To, I've gone through so many different products, even working with a dermatologist, and nothing has worked for me until I found Glad Skin. And what I love about this category of skin treatment, whether you have acne prone skin like me, or eczema prone, or rosacea prone, what you realize is what actually is causing the itchiness, the redness, the inflammation, the discomfort is a disruption in the bacterial environment, also called science class, your skin microbiome. And what Glad Skin does is it works to target that imbalance. So they use a revolutionary protein called Microbalance that restores the balance of the good and the bad bacteria that live on your skin so it can finally heal. It's so effective that 91% of users, adults and children who try their top selling eczema cream reported significant improvement after just seven days. With For your kids, if you have a baby or a child and you wanna try, they have a new oatmeal free formula for kids that's non-toxic, free of steroids, and other common irritants. Pediatricians and dermatologists, they love Glad Skin, even for the littlest of babies. So if you've been frustrated yourself with your treatment options, don't wait to try Glad Skin. They are offering my listeners 15% off plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash DMA. That's gladskin.com slash DMA for 15% off plus free shipping gladskin.com slash DMA. I'm a one grocery store shopping a week kind of gal, and that's why I love Thrive Market because they are gonna get me the high quality, affordable grocery items that I can't find in my local store, and they do it in one place with savings guaranteed on every order. I buy things like healthy pantry essentials, Uh, non-toxic cleaning and beauty products. You can even get sustainable meat and seafood and it'll be delivered right to your door. And not only that, I know I'm gonna get a discount with Thrive Market. You can get up to 30% off the best organic groceries and the lowest price with their price match guarantee. For example, I got the seventh generation hand wash. I love getting my soaps through Thrive Market. I got it 26% off. Or Lara bars for the boys, snacks, the peanut butter and chocolate chip bars. I got 25% off. And so I am getting what I need at a discount. If you want to search for low sugar or keto or gluten-free or zero waste, they have 90 different values and lifestyles that can help work for you. Now, if you are getting ready for the holidays, I just discovered I put in my cart the Shirley non-alcoholic wines. They had a Pinot Noir, a Cabernet, a Rosé that I'm gonna try as an option to offer to my guests this holiday season. Now, if you have not checked it out, I have a great option for you because when you join Thrive Market, you're joining a community of 1 million plus members and you're sponsoring a family in need. So they don't grocery alone, all right? Get convenient, High quality, affordable groceries delivered with Thrive Market. Join Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E, thrivemarket.com slash DMA for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash DMA. It just, it's not anything I would choose. Like still to this day, it is a choice every day to wake up and go, okay, like, I feel like this is going to sound crazy, but my God, the superpower he's given me is to sit with people in their grief. Yeah, And that's a really exhausting (laughs) ministry, if I'm going to be honest, but also it's so beautiful because I get to be a part of like super just sacred stories and, and I love people's stories. Um, But even in the midst of all of bottle of tears, like things have continued to unravel for my family. So I don't want people to think, Oh, wow. She had, (laughs) she had pain. And then she has this great business. Like 
Nope. That is not. Let's talk about that because I, I think that there are those moms out there right now too. And I know them personally in my own life who have gone through the heart of the, the little years, maybe through adoption and hard of whatever that was, but the teen and preteen years of a child who has that kind of rage and Mm -hmm. challenge is even more isolating. It's one thing to have a kid and a little kid and be like, well, they don't know. And, but when it's a full, almost an adult sized person Mm -hmm. who's hard and you have no control. So talk to us about that. Cause that mom is sitting here listening and needs to hear from you. Over the last Eliana now is 15 years old and we did get to have a really fun quinceanera for her, which was, she begged for a quinceanera and we were like, oh yes, we're going to do this. Yeah. Um, which was beautiful. But I would say as she's gotten older, I think our journey has gotten way harder in a lot of ways. And there were always these question marks of like, you know, I think so much. And, and I know you've probably talked about the adoption trauma and like, Um, attachment issues. And so Chris and I, I would say for the last 14 years, we all have been the best hopers. If that's not even a word, but we're, we were the best hopers this side of heaven. I felt like, like we would put all our eggs in every basket, like, oh, this therapy, this is going to be it. Thank you, God. Like, this is going to be the therapy where we see change in our daughter. Okay. That wasn't it. And so then we go on to the next thing and someone would contact us and say, I think this would be great for Eliana. I mean, you name a therapy, Heather, we've done it. We've done every brain scan, every brain training, every adoption trauma conference, every attachment therapy. Um, We have spent enormous amount of money that God always provides to us through other people, which has, that has been a part of him showing up in our story is his provision for Eliana. But in the middle of all that, there still were so many questions of going like something is really off. Like we cannot figure out what's going on. And, and I have not gotten to share this with anyone. So you're hearing it first with Heather, but like the breaking news. Um, we were, I had searched for Eliana's biological family for the last three years in Guatemala. I had a searcher hired, um, Eliana desperately wanted to get to talk to her bio family. And I, uh, at the same time, I felt certain I was like, I would love to ask questions and see what's going on there. And, and last March, I, I hired a second, um, person to help us because the first searcher said we can find nothing. So I hired this lady in three weeks, I get a message online that said, Hey, Lindsay, I'm here with Eliana's biological brother, Jorge. And I was like, what, what you like, I've, I've been doing this for three years and oh my word. And, and the story with Jorge has been just the most beautiful piece of the story. He's 18 years older than Eliana. He has his own family of three kids that are precious and and is now our family. Like he will be a part of our family from here on out. But Jorge was able to share with us information about Eliana's biological mom that filled in every gap that we have been begging God for, for 14 years. And her sweet biological mom died of cirrhosis of the liver three months after we brought her home from Guatemala and was drinking throughout the whole pregnancy. And so in that moment, when I found this out through Facebook messenger, I'm like, wait, so that means like she may have, and at that point I didn't even know much about fetal alcohol syndrome, but I, um, I had heard of it and I went online that night and I typed it in and Heather, I was hysterical. I called Chris and I said, this person has written a book about our child. Like, this is Eliana. And in 14 years, not one single doctor brought it up. Not one time in 14 years had that ever been mentioned. And so over the course of the last like eight months, we have really been digging in and we've gotten to go to genetics doctors and, and she is a hundred percent on the fetal alcohol spectrum. And I would say like there was there's two parts of this, like there's one and there's this relief of like, oh, okay. There was something that we were missing. And 
then in the other step, it has, I would say, been the hardest part of our grief journey of going, your child has damage to her brain that is irreparable. So you can't out love brain damage. You can't out, you know, trauma inform that. You can't out hope this, like this is Eliana's brain. And this is what her life now is going to look like. And there's been just this drastic change, you know, in my mind of going, okay, like, how do I sit in the reality of what is this diagnosis and how do I grieve this? So Chris and I are in a point now where we're like, okay, we have to grieve what probably never will be. Yeah. And how do we love our child the best we can in the middle of this diagnosis? And y'all, it's a hard diagnosis because in the middle of this, we don't have a compliant child with a disability. It is um, scary and volatile and it is walking on eggshells every minute of our life. It is feeling like we're held hostage at times and it's not her fault. None of this is her fault. And so there is a sadness in that, that is, there aren't words for it truly, Heather, to watch your child be tormented daily and you can do nothing but just pray and love her the best that you can. Um, So we are deep in the midst of that season of just trying to let all of that sink in. And in the middle of this diagnosis, um, dealing with mental illness with her at the same time, which a lot of times they, they correspond. So we are desperate for Jesus every day. Desperate. Yeah. And I, know, I mean, I know families when you hit the teen years, they're hard anyway. Right. And you can hit mental illness and you can hit um, suicidal. Yes. Thoughts ideations and, and yes ideations and and then you've got rebellion on that, that fits journey in. too yeah, yeah. that that's like all part of a child without a diagnosis and without yeah. any kind of physical damage to their brain and so I'm so sorry I'm Thank I mean you. I'm yeah. really sorry and I yeah <sighs> and I want people to know because people will look at Chris and I and they'll say but wait like y'all look so happy and joyful on Instagram. And so is the, all of that fake, you know, people, I've had people say, so are you just being fake? And I'm what? like, Oh no, I could not fake. <laughs> it's like truly, um, that is God's miracle in the midst of this yeah. is that we've been able to hold on to joy and hope when everything around us screams the opposite. I mean, mm-hmm. screams the opposite. And our family verse is Proverbs 14, 13, even in laughter, the heart may ache and the end of joy may be grief. And I remember telling that to someone one day, they're like, that is so depressing. <laughs> like, that's, that is a really depressing family verse. And I'm like, <laughs> but, but that's real. Like, yeah. that's it. We could be laughing our heads off one second and the next second be driving her to the psychiatric hospital. And that is our life. And it is a daily waking up and just desperate for the new mercies and the daily bread. And, and also just going like, God, we choose joy. You've got to join us in this, you know, and it's a choice, Heather. Like there are days that I have to physically go, Lindsay, Let's think about all of the things that we're grateful for today, even when all of this feels like a grenade's blown up in your house. And that's how we've been able to maintain joy through all of this. Man. Oh my goodness. Well, and part of this to encourage a parent who's in a similar situation, talk through like who was on your team to help Aliana? Because I even feel like I'm on the team because you will simply put out on Instagram. Like you said, people say, are you fake? But you also are super real and you'll just put pray. Yes. And to me, that is the ultimate. You can do yeah. this with your friends. You can text yeah. pray, establish yeah. ahead of time. I'm not going to explain why. I don't have to tell you the whole story. I may not even give you an update, but hey, I'm going to send out the text pray. But there's also, I'm sure, professionals that are on your team that you're not momming alone. Talk to us about who's supporting you as you walk through this. 
I think I mommed alone for 10 years mm. and it almost killed me. And I think isolation is, ugh, it is the thing I have had to battle most throughout this journey of motherhood. Yeah. And you have to be super, um, for me, I had to be super creative in how I wasn't momming alone. And that was using Instagram to all these people that I may not even know. Yeah. And most people wouldn't be that way, but I hit a point where I'm like, I have nothing to lose. I need hope. I need people praying. And I always tell people, if I say to pray on Instagram, you know that it's like the highest need of prayer for us. Like Eliana is not safe or not doing okay, or things have totally exploded in our house. It's not like she didn't want to go to school today. It's like something huge, yeah. but I was able to use um bottle of tears. And that has been the sweetest community, even for me. And I've been able to hopefully encourage other families walking similar journeys. And along this path, yes, we have a therapy team and guess what guys, like that's still, you still feel alone, even when you have the best therapy team in the world. Mm-hmm. And we have doctors, psychiatrists, but I would say moving to Fayetteville, like we have felt so loved by people. Like the street we live on has been precious. Like there is a family at the end of our street, the Cullies, I'm, I'm calling them out because they're so amazing that has literally their daughter, Nora has been an angel to Eliana. They have walked with our family. They have loved us through really hard stuff that most families would be afraid for their child to be a friend with, you know, my child because of Eliana's scenario. And they are like, no, we're all in Jenny and Matt Mooney who run. I I don't know if you've talked to Jenny and Matt, but you need to, they run an organization called 99 balloons and it's to families um, with kids with special needs and just the most beautiful ministry was birthed out of their losing their own son, Elliot, which actually today was the day that they lost Elliot. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, it has been a journey. My community group, I feel like we join this community group. We can't even go to church, Heather. Like that's the funny part of this is um, where we just can't get Eliana there. That's been a real hard, hard part of this. But our community group is like, we don't care that you're not in church. Like we want you here. And so that has been a beautiful, safe space for us. And they've even said, we will meet at your house. So you don't, because babysitters, we can't really do most of the time. And so they're meet here. I mean, they make this so easy for us to get to have that little breath of air on, you know, every other Wednesday night. So that has been another huge part. And for sure, my Campwell team, that's run by Jen Barrett. And that has been a sweet group of women that have said, Hey, nothing can scare us. We're in this with you, Lindsay. Like we're praying for you. We're cheering you on, but it took me being vulnerable to allow these people into our story. And that's really scary. (laughs) So I know there's moms out there thinking, well, I don't have any of that, Lindsay. And I didn't either. And it took a lot of prayer. It took stepping out and going, I may look really stupid, but I need a friend. Could you be my friend? I mean, like, I think I've said that to people before. Yeah. So it's, it's putting yourself out there and just trusting that, that God is going to bring someone and it may take 10 years. It may take one month, you know, Mm -hmm. your story is going to be different than mine. But don't give up on it. Don't give up on the community. That's, I mean, to us, that is how we are still alive, truly. I love that it's this combination of your in real life on your street people. It's your people you know, but don't live beside the camp all people that know you and you've met and you're in a relationship, but you don't walk alongside each other every day. And then there's these people through your bottle of tears that you may have never met and you've included in. And so there are these also, layers. Also, I need to say my family. Oh, of course. Our family of course. Is, I'm of like, course. what? I forgot. That was a like, given. That's a given. I know. I know. But, but some people don't have that. Right. And so I know that that's a gift too, Yeah, that I have family members that, that just are all in. 
Well, and you had to choose to move because you said you moved to be by them. So yeah, yes. it was a choice of like, okay, we are going to even admit that we need a move to make this. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Crazy. I'm going to have to close this up, but oh, what's man. so yeah. crazy when you said Eliana was from Guatemala, two things. Yes. I was supposed to be there right now. What? Like I'm, I was supposed to be oh, on a compassion trip this week oh, and realize man. like, I just couldn't make it happen with kids stuff. And, and then I was reading my Bible. And I was trying to get wisdom on, should I go? Should I not? Is that wrong that I'm choosing my family over going? And I read the verse about loving widows and orphans. And I was like, shoot, yeah. I'm the worst. I'm not loving widows and orphans. And Guess then God's like, you are. he's like, you don't have to go to Guatemala yeah. to do that. Yeah. So then compassion and I partnered up and we have this bakery project that we've been asking moms oh. to contribute to, to help start a bakery for these 125 women to make an income. Oh my uh, word. And- I'm in. Could you please get me involved right? in that? Yes. Right. So it was so crazy that you were like, and she's from Guatemala. Oh. I was like, of course she is. Of course oh, she is. Yes. That's how God does things. I love um, that. Heather. So I just, oh, my um, word. and the, the fact that we've, we have been wanting to do this conversation and have tried different times and that this is the time I just, I'm yeah. thankful for you and I'm thankful Goodness. for you sharing and you have brought hope and just identification. When, when we meet as a small group, we share our feelings and then we share what we need. And sometimes the need is I need to identify. I need someone who's saying they get this, they yeah. know how that feels. And yeah. um, you've done that. And a for- lot of times when you're in that dark, dark place, you know, when someone is just spouting scripture off at you, that's not the most comforting thing. Like, nope. you just need someone <laughs> to sit with you and say, I see you. And so I hope whatever mom is listening today that needed to be seen feels it and just know that I'm praying for you and I'm in it with you. My, my story will not end. The pain will not end this side of heaven. None of ours will, but like, this is going to be lifelong. And so I'm with you in it. We're not going to give up. I always tell people we're not going to give up. We're going to keep pressing forward. So we have a living hope. This is a living hope. This is not a momentary. Yeah. Well, thank you, Heather. Thank you. I'm so glad we got to meet. Yay. I hope you feel seen. And if you know someone who needs to hear Lindsay's story, I would be honored if you would share it with them because isolation is the worst. And we talk about it and we talk about the need for community, but y'all, it is truly where the enemy keeps us, keeps us from growing, keeps us from knowing God's nearness and his care. So I'm going to pray over us right now. Lord, there's so many hurts and hard things happening right now around the world. And I pray that the person who is experiencing their own hard thing right now would in this exact moment, feel your nearness feel your care. Know that a tear is not shed without you knowing that the pain they're feeling is, doesn't go unnoticed by you. And even though the enemy would like them to believe that they're walking through this by themselves, that the truth of who you are and what you've promised us is that we can never be completely by ourselves because of you. We often are the ones who don't notice your presence or we reject your presence. And Lord, I pray we would turn towards you with whatever heart. And even if it is a simple prayer that we reach out to you and Lord, I pray we'd exchange prayers for one another. If we are tired of praying for the same issue, the same hard thing that we would ask a friend if they would pray for it and we could pray for their hard thing, Lord. And I pray right now for your um, overwhelming love, grace, and kindness to seep into our soul and to remind us of what's true. In Jesus' name, amen. I know I said that we were going to be done with the project in Guatemala, the bakery project. We were going to be done at the end of October. And then I did this interview with Lindsay and I thought, okay, I don't think we're done 
So if you still want to contribute, 70 of you have joined our cause and it's so fantastic. We are over halfway there. I would love to see this get fully funded by the Don't Mom Alone community. Y'all, please, 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 please. So all you need to do is go to CompassionCauses.com and then you're going to see options and you click Income Generation because we're helping generate income for these 125 women. You click that and then it's going to say, yay, we agree. And you click make a difference and then you'll see it right there, the bakery project. And you just follow the prompts and give whatever you can. This is a way for you to be a part of the work God is doing in Guatemala and not have a recurring commitment. It's a one-time gift. And I would love to see, to me, the number of people participating is what's cool. And it would be so awesome if 125 of us supported this project for 125 women. I just think that would be so cool. So we need another 50. If you are one of those, I would love for you to join us. Go to CompassionCauses.com forward slash DMA if you want so that they can know that you came from here. Um, CompassionCauses, C-A-U-S-E-S.com forward slash DMA. I hope to get to tell y'all that we did it. So come on, let's go. And I'll meet you back here next week. It's an interview with Lisa Turkhurst. We're going to talk about boundaries, y'all. And it's good. It's going to be good. All right. Have a great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.